Hey, podcast listeners. I'm thrilled about my guest this week. She's a three-time national champ and two-time Olympian. She's the proud owner of a bronze, silver, and a gold Olympic medal. She's Canadian figure skater Caitlin Osmond. Today, I had the pleasure of chatting with Caitlin about her Olympic adventures in Korea, uh, also about a devastating injury that almost ended her career a few years back. Um, and we also talked about how her and other figure skaters toe the line between performing and competing while in the sport. Super grateful to Caitlin for making the time for me today. She's been doing the post-Olympic media circuit like crazy, and she heads off to Italy for world championships in just a couple of days. I could tell you what a kind and enjoyable human being she is, or you could just listen and hear for yourself. But that's a really interesting point. Like you said, if you're not an Euler in Edmonton, people don't care. So how have you experienced that? I, I don't know. It's, it's just, I, I definitely noticed it. Um, not many people will recognize you. Mm-hmm. Um, media, you get bumped easily. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Less so after a couple Olympic medals, though, I'm sure, right? Well, like, yeah. After a couple Olympic medals, it helps. But then even, like, you have a span of a month post-Olympics mm-hmm. where everyone's so excited. Right. And then it's, you don't exist anymore after that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your life been like since you got back? Um, it's, it's been busy. Um, a lot of media stuff. As I just said, we get bumped all the time. We, mm-hmm. did, we haven't, but um, it's, it's, been, it's been really busy with media. Uh, I've been back to training pretty much right away. Yeah, you, um, didn't, you don't have much of a break because no. you've got the Worlds coming up. I have Worlds next week, so it's been pretty busy. Um, trying to train for that. I was in Toronto over the weekend doing choreography. Um, celebrations with my friends and family and stuff so do you enjoy the media stuff like do you enjoy the attention <laughs> i want to get into media when i'm done skating oh, okay so it's been a little fun getting to see all different types of it right see like how it operates you anyone who just watches it thinks it's like oh you just show up and you go on camera and you talk and that's it not realizing like how many people are behind the camera how much mm-hmm. is involved like makeup wardrobe sound lighting <laughs> usually when i go in i literally just show up <laughs> it is fun to see the other side of things i sometimes show up a bit early just so i can see it right what's been the most nerve-wracking media appearance so far like is there something that was national or international that you're kind of nervous for um no, everything is pretty much normal. Uh, the live interviews always get me a little bit. Um, That's the great thing about this. It's not live. I can yeah. edit it, make us both sound good. It's perfect. Yeah, live ones make me a bit nervous. Um, the ones where the reporter actually isn't even there. You're just talking to a screen, and you just have them in your ear. Oh, yeah. Um, that one freaks me out a little bit. Um, Do you see a f- uh, their face or no, not at all? No, I was just speaking to a screen. Oh, bizarre. And I could hear them, and I was like, my hearing's not that great. Um <laughs> But yeah. One of my big criteria for this show is because there's a lot of great people around the world, but I made it a criteria to say I have to do it in person because there's so much interaction with the guests that you get that you don't get over the phone or over Skype even. Like you, you know, you get like the mirror neurons, you like actually can get into a conversation. You know, like a previous iteration of this podcast, we tried doing it like an interview on the phone and it just it was terrible. Yeah. Like it uh there's it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Korea. Okay. Like in a few words, what was the experience like? And then we'll get into more words. <laughs> Korea was just incredible. Uh, the atmosphere was great. Accommodations were great. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual venues, 
the fans were incredible there, so there was hard to hard to complain about it. Canada had a pretty big contingent. Canada had a huge contingent. So did Russia. So did North Korea. Um, North Korea? There was a North Korean cheering section. So it was how, how could you tell the difference between North and South Korea? Uh, they were pretty noticeable. They had like their own little section and everyone just sat like perfectly still until they were told to cheer and then they would all cheer. Um, <laughs> so they were like the North Korean cheerleaders. Who told them to cheer? Uh, there was one that just like organized it all. Oh, okay. Like a fan or like a like a North Korean like official? <laughs> I'm guessing he was a North Korean official. Um, whenever you saw it on TV, it was just kind of just cool because they all just sat perfectly together. Yeah. Yeah. Like like one entity. Yes. And that's kind of how their their country operates, right? They are like, one person. That's scary. Is that that's a little surreal. But then you've got like Canadians and Russians who are pounding beers and and the Russians were being very loud, um, cheering for Russia even when Russia wasn't competing. Yeah. Um but it was kind of fun. Uh the last Olympics were in Russia and they were doing the exact same thing and it was loud and um exciting even if you weren't a Russian athlete because right. you're like, well, they're cheering for Russia, so we're like, let's do good so that they can cheer for us next, but they won't, but... <laughs> yeah, because Canada is typically Russia's biggest rival in all In sports. everything. Yeah. In figure skating, in hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I met a lot of Russian fans in, in Sochi at the last Olympics, and when Russia was out of the hockey, the Russian fans started cheering for Canada. No way. Because they didn't want to cheer for, I think we were playing the States, maybe? Yeah. Was yeah. that Sochi? So yeah, in Sochi. Yeah. Um, were did you ever experience like a Russian person, a Russian fans who like had a misconception about you as a Canadian, who think that Canadians are like big bad evil like com- competitors? Because <laughs> we have that stereotype about Russians, right? Like they're like the evil, like you know, not that they're evil, right? <laughs> especially more so in the Soviet era of hockey, right? Yeah. Like it's like it's the unknown, it's the big like communist question mark of like Russia, and it's like daunting almost. Did anyone think of Canada that way? Um, no, I think this time it shocked them a little bit that I was able to keep my scores as close as they were to the top Russians, because uh, usually they're just dominating all the events, and they kind of just forgot that other people were competing other than these two. So um, when they saw my scores and actually realized I was a lot closer to them than they thought, um, I got a bit of messages because of that and they were excited about it they're like wow you're almost there right like, i'm getting there i'm trying the gap is slowly <laughs> closing what and so like when you say gap in your score like what what in your opinion do you need to work on most um the consistency russians are incredibly consistent um they're reliable um no matter how much a judge will say that they're judging only that event mm-hmm. if you're skating clean and at the top of your game the whole year they're going to be excited to see you so they're going to give you more points right so they're like the to- toyota skaters if exactly. you will um and so your best race or race your best skate versus a russian's best skate like you guys would be on par they're just typically more consistent throughout the season is that is that we what you think we should be on par um they definitely play the sport the way that the judges were asking for it this year. Uh, they were backloading their programs. Um, for the uninitiated, what does that mean? <laughs> backloading the program means putting all your jumps in the second half, because in the second half you get a 10% bonus on everything. Why is that? It's technically harder. Because you're more tired? You're more tired. Yeah. So they're trying to reward you for being able to do that. Um, they took that very seriously this year and completely did all their jumps in the second half of their program. And what prevented you guys or what stopped you guys from doing that as well? For me, I do it artistically. Mm -hmm. I 
don't like the idea of backloading a program. Mm -hmm. um, programs are meant to be balanced with jumps and spins throughout the entire program. Right. Um, still, I do the majority of my jumps in the second half. Um, and ultimately, it is just a lot harder. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the stairway of heaven of skates. <laughs> exactly. Slow, slow build up and then hammer it all out in the back half. That's exactly what. But it'd be more exciting to have like a float, like ebbs and flows, I would imagine. Um, it, it does make skating look more like the way skating is supposed to look to be mm -hmm. able to do that. But um, who determines that, the way skating is supposed to look? Skating is supposed to look like a sport because we are a sport, we're athletic. Right. Um, but it's all supposed to be a performance at the same time. Mm -hmm. And no one's going to be excited in a program when you're half asleep for the first half of your program and the second half is really exciting after that. Right. But, um, it's nice to have the performance side of it. It's an interesting one because there is such a blend of performance and athleticism, right? Like you look at a sport like hockey, like a great play will look fantastic, like dangling, but the guy's not trying to look per like a performance, right? He's just trying to score. He's yeah. just doing things that functionally are going to get him to his goal. But you guys have to balance sort of both. Yeah, it's a... Uh a little bit contradictory of a sport where it meant to be really athletic and uh, powerful, but we had to look pretty while doing it. And right. no matter how great of a skate you're having or how bad of a skate you're having, you've got to stay in character and have a smile on your face and no matter how much you want to hate the world. but Is character like your character for that particular routine or your character as like Caitlin Osmond's got a skating character? Uh, character for the program. My characters for each programs are very different compared to my even personal character. Really? Okay, I had no idea, but tell, <laughs> tell me about this. This is super interesting. Well, who I am off the ice is nowhere near what I am on the ice. Even in practice, when I'm just doing my own thing on the ice, I always like stand a little taller on the ice, um, look a little bit more arrogant, I guess. Um, confident. Confidence is a better word for it, but I feel a little <laughs> arrogant when I'm on the ice. Um, and then in my programs, my short is kind of what I portray, uh, the short program that I've done this year and last year. Um, it portrays a like, strong, confident person, um, just walking around the streets of Paris, minding her own business and being like, I'm amazing and you're going to watch it, um, which was the baseline for the story of my, pro my program. So it worked out really well. Um, my Black Swan program was a little bit different. It had a bit of... It had a contrasting character because I was both playing the white swan and the black swan and the white swan's naive and innocent and just keeps to herself more whereas the black swan is more arrogant and evil and free-spirited. Um, so I got to play both characters in that program and then just enjoy that as much as I could. I would have never realized that there's an element of actual acting to the skating as there's well. There's a lot of acting, which is also what the Russians do really well. They right. have a lot of... Um, you're dramatic. Very dramatic <laughs> acting movements um, that don't always look the most natural, but um, the judges love it. Do you ever find that your characters like bleed into your everyday life? Do you like if you've got a couple routines that are a little more like cocky? Does, <laughs> does that ever affect like day to day, Caitlin? No, that type of character for me off the ice is is really awkward <laughs> um i'm not that type of person at all um but when i'm on the ice i can definitely feel it while i'm practicing i'm like yeah this is definitely who i want to be when i'm on the ice <laughs> yeah. let's get to have a little bit of that swagger i think yeah um definitely helps with the landings 
landing things when you're standing a little bit taller and mm-hmm. wanting the world to watch you you're going to land something chin a little bit higher chin a little like, bit yep. higher <laughs> no uh, one bug me do you enjoy the the competing or the performing side more in your sport performing yeah um i didn't start skating to be able to compete i started skating to be in shows um, Disney on Ice was like my dream as a kid. Um, I never watched it until last year. Um, but the idea of it. But the idea of Disney was like the coolest thing ever. Um, so I was told that if I wanted to be in a good part of Disney or in any of those shows, then I had to compete and make a name for myself. And then I started competing and I used competing as a performance and that's how I kind of deal with all the stress of all that. But um, after competing, I always do an off-season of just shows, and that's my favorite part of the year. Yeah, so is the show's pretty relaxed when you travel? Yeah, the show's pretty relaxed. Um, there's a lot of them, so it gets really busy. Um, but they're so much fun. We have no rules, no judges watching. Um, we can just do whatever we want on the ice. Um, we can roll around on the ice. We won't get deducted for it. We can jump up into the stands and no one will care. Actually, they get usually really excited when you do that. Um, How do you jump it without ruining your blades? Um, do they have like mat- matting up? Blades. Or oh, you just ruin the blade because <laughs> who cares, right? Um, usually we don't jump up into the actual stands, but there's like people who sit on the ice for some shows. Oh, so you okay. can kind of just run up to them and it won't ruin your blades too much (laughs) um so where are you going to be traveling to do that is it across canada across north america across the world um pretty much across the world um i'm not doing too many shows outside of canada but i'm doing a stars and ice tour in japan um i'm hopefully doing another show tour um small tour in korea at the end of may back to korea back to korea do you have any korean fans there now Um, sure you must i feel like Asian fans are probably the most supportive fans ever um, from Japan and Korea. They seem to be all over skating. Um, so it's always really fun to go to places like that because we're essentially like hockey people in the, wor- in the world. Right. So. <laughs> they think Canada, they think hockey. That's yeah. only natural. I was in uh, China back in January and I was surprised by that. We were doing a, a documentary on hockey there. I was surprised by the number of figure skaters that were. Like every rink we went to to document hockey was split up like thirds or halves of mm-hmm. hockey and, and figure skating. Definitely. There's uh, a lot of skating people and a lot of skating competitors there. What's often top people in our sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a lot of rinks there, so they can just fill them up. <laughs> There's new rinks popping up every month. Everywhere. It's insane. So where's your favorite place that you've traveled to, to skate? Or just in general, around the um, world? To skate, like to compete, Japan is probably my favorite. I've been there probably eight times. Um, this will be my ninth time, I think, if I'm counting right. Um, and it's are just your so chopstick skills? Are you good? I'm getting pretty good at it. I like eating your chopsticks, actually. You're a fan of sushi? No, I don't eat seafood. Really? Um, okay. I like vegan sushi. Yeah. <laughs> What's that, like cucumber rolls? Cucumbers. Yeah. And avocado. It's good. Are you vegan in general? No. No, you just don't eat fish? No, I just don't eat fish. Okay, fair enough. Um, I like all food except fish. How's your like diet? Is it pretty strict when you're in competition season? Um, Competition season and even off-season because we tour and you kind of got to stay in shape for shows right um fat people don't go as high uh, no and we're often put in very not so um covering outfits (laughs) (laughs) to say the least um so it's it's nice to be a little bit more in shape for that um but for my diet i 
I like being able to have the freedom to eat whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I'm not going to go to McDonald's every day. Right. Um, Moderation. Moderation. That's pretty much my biggest thing is like, I want to be able to eat what I want. I want to be able to go to a restaurant and have the freedom to pick whatever I want to eat. Yeah. Um, I just have to make sure that I don't eat too much of it. (laughs) Although I heard there was a McDonald's in the Olympic cafe. There is. Um, McDonald's is one of the biggest Olympic sponsors. Um, (laughs) So we get a McDonald's there and... It's great for coffee. Right. Yeah, I got good it coffee. It became, like, my be- favorite place to go for coffee in the morning. Um, but then after we competed, you can see, like, it got busier and busier there as the competitions ended. Right. People are treating themselves yeah. after they've done their <laughs> event. And how long did you stick around in Korea after you guys were done? Because you guys were done kind of in the middle. Of the no, Olympics. I was done pretty much last. Oh, right at the end? Yeah. Okay. So for... There's no relaxing there. No. For figure skaters, we're spread out between the entire two weeks of the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Uh, We start with the team event that pretty much starts before even opening ceremonies. Right. And then it goes straight into the pairs event, which goes into the men's event, which goes into the dance event, which then goes to the ladies event. (laughs) So I had a really long wait. Right. Um, And was that hard on you or was that, is that better to kind of just psych yourself up? I was getting frustrated with it by the time I was competing, but at the same time, I was able to get away from the village. I went into Seoul to train for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got away from all the hype, all the excitement, um, got to sleep in a really big comfy bed at a really nice hotel. So I wasn't complaining. Um, and when I came back, it was like a brand new event for me. I was at a brand new competition. Right. And after my short program we had another day in between our long uh before our long and the whole two weeks i was dreading it i was like i do not want to have this day in between i'm like we're already waiting long enough um but after my short program i was so excited that i had that day yeah um just to calm down get the hype just <laughs> relax a little bit it must just be a roller coaster of emotions just like all the oh. uh, just just the general excitement and then your excitement of like competition as well it was so exciting. Um, definitely a roller coaster of emotions. I was upset after my team event short, which in reality I shouldn't have been because mm-hmm. I technically skated um, decently well. But mm-hmm. it you wasn't got the third, skate that third I, in that one? I came third in that yeah. one, um, which really that's all I had to do to help the team mm-hmm. was just to stay in the top three was the biggest thing for, um, for what I had to do there. Um, but... <laughs> I was not happy with how I skated, which no. made so much hype for winning the team event, but I was upset already, so my emotions were just all over the place. Right. Like, that's that's got to be bizarre. Like, before the tournament pretty much starts, you've all of a sudden got a gold medal. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> but I still have to go do the my thing. What, what means more to you, that gold team or the individual bronze? They both mean about the same but they're a very different way of feeling uh the team event was something that the rest of the team was so excited for and obviously so was i um but it's something that ever since sochi we wanted that gold medal and we've been training well not really training because we train all over canada um but we've been competing with each other ever since um you could see the hype in everyone's um eyes and everything when they were ever talking about the team event and Mm -hmm. being able to push for that gold medal we became very strategic on what we were doing to be able to optimize the most points that we could get put Mm -hmm. our best team forward and so being able to stand up on a podium with them with that team gold um it felt like a family and we were just so excited to be up there um for my own individual event i felt very lonely up on the podium um I didn't have the team with me. And I'm like, that's what I'm used to at competitions is that often I'm the only one up there on the podium. Mm -hmm. But after 
the medal ceremony with the team that did feel really lonely up on the podium. Um, but that's also something that I was working for, and it was only me. I didn't have anyone else to lean on for that medal. And right. It just meant more to me that way that I did it by myself. Right. And I mean, that's the basis of your sport since you started. Exactly. Then, right? It's all it's all you. You're the one held accountable. You can't blame anyone else. You don't have to worry about anyone else screwing up. It's I think like, that's even why I'm a single skater. I wouldn't be able to have a partner on the ice. Yeah, it's got to be scary, right? Like, I guess when you spend so much time, like, Tess and Scott have been together, what, like, 20, 20 years? 20 years, 21 years. That's insane. Like that. So you, like, know what you're going to get with them, like. But yeah. How was how your team in general? Like, you now, you and Gabriella mm-hmm. are going to be the veteran ones because everyone else is moving on, right? Pretty much. Um, there's a few um, of the other dance teams hanging around, a few Paris teams hanging around. Um, but the top strong ones, uh, Megan and Eric, Tess and Scott, Patrick, they're all done. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be different. Um, it'll be exciting to see all the new generation coming up, though. Yeah. Um, I've been in, on the senior national team since I was 16, so I've been around for a couple generations that it is. Mm-hmm. But um, pretty much it's always been the same team going to Worlds every year. So right. it'll be really different to see um, the new generation. So you spent a lot of time with these people. Um you, it feels like we spend more time together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when we see each other at competitions, we're all so close. And when we tour together, we get really close. Um, but we actually don't see each other all that much during the year. We see each other at competitions if we happen to be at the same ones. Um, by the end of the year, we see each other lots. But Right. And obviously, every time you see each other, it's in like such a pressure-packed situation. You create those memories, right? So it feels different than like being around someone every week or if you're in the same office. Yeah, and we're all like striving for the same thing. So you can connect a lot um, deeper, I find, with mm-hmm. those people. And it's, it's really good. So how are you feeling going into Italy? I feel good. Um, I'm still rolling on a little bit of a high from the Olympics. Um, last two weeks of training have been exhausting because of the high from the Olympics. Right. Um, but I'm excited. Last year I was able to come home with a silver medal and I want to fight to be able to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, Except one higher. One higher would be even better. I wouldn't complain. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, I got to have so t- such a high at the Olympics that I would love to continue that one more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can save out of these programs. <laughs> and then just focus on the fun side of things. Fun side of things. Right. So, sorry, you said you won more Olympics. That's the aim? I'll, I'll push for it. Yeah. Uh, four years in skating, a lot can happen. Right. Um, but the Olympics were so much fun, and I'll never turn it down if I get another opportunity to go. Yeah, of course. Um, but I'm going to be taking it year by year to see what happens. Fair enough. That's a good outlook. Yeah. Two so, Olympics is like a lot for a figure skater. Is that right? Yeah, I, you I guess so. You make it to the so. third one, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. There's a few that's gone to the fourth. Yeah. But, like, but you're so young still. I, I was the fifth oldest in my event. Fifth oldest in your... Okay, so not the oldest. So not the oldest. Yeah. There was a 31-year-old competing. Mm-hmm. Considering the girl who won was 15, that was a little mm-hmm. crazy for me. Right. Um, other than that, there, there, there was like one 26-year-old... And then the rest were like my age, 22, 23. Right. Um, everyone else was like 18 and younger. So is there a, is there a <laughs> physio- physiological reason for that? Like, is it just simply like muscle growth and development and, and seeming to be in like the ages of 18 to 22 are kind of like the peak like development for, for girls at least? Um, looking at the last few Olympics, people have peaked at 18. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I was a little late to the triple game of skating, so I peaked... Well, I'm peaking now, I hope. <laughs> Continue to keep peaking. <laughs> still um, peaking. Still peaking. Um, 
but for the most part, I find in ladies skating especially, um, each discipline has a different age, but in ladies, um, the physical aspect of it is really hard for us. Um, we're trying to get all these triples, which a lot of the younger ones can do because they're all whippy and right. not scared to fall. Right. Um, but then we're also asked to be able to bend in ways people should not bend, um, but be able to be strong enough to land all these triples. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a really big physical game, and psychologically, um, competitions are less scary when you're a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, <laughs> if you fall, you're going to bounce right back up. Yeah. And I mean, you've had one, well, you've a bu- bunch of injuries, but one really severe one. Do you yeah. still carry that with you, the broken leg? Um, I get to talk about it a lot, so that's always fun. Um, is that sarcastic? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. That's I fine. don't. I don't mind it. Um, it's a good story, and looking back, I think it was the best thing that I could have done for my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I was forced to take a year off, and since then, the injuries have been minor. Um, I finally let everything heal. Um, there's always going to be the aches and pains because it's skating, and that's what we do. We fall right. on hard ice. Um, so the aches and pains are always going to be there, but I haven't had a major injury since. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, so I think it's been the best year for me to have to take off. <laughs> right. Well, it just, it always seems that the people who have gone through the most adversity, the most challenges and the most setbacks make for the greatest stories, right? You get to look at that and say like, look at all the stuff they overcame versus someone who's just like, oh, they cruise through victory. It's like Canada, like the hockey team in 2014. Mm-hmm. Like we just crushed everyone. Like it wasn't as satisfying wasn't as that really overtime gold medal goal. Um, and then there's the story of the women's hockey in 2014, which oh. everyone absolutely loves. Oh, right? See, it's so, that, that adversity, that conflict. Adversity, um, <laughs> and even in skating, like having that adversity uh, growing up, we're in a performance sport. If you don't have a story to tell, then mm-hmm. performing it is even harder yeah, it exactly. looks faker so right. um, it's cool do you have a rival in your sport is there like a girl that just always seems to like get the best of you or you guys are always neck and neck um well within canada gabby and i have been fighting for the, the top of the podium for mm-hmm. ever since my she joined the senior ranks my second year senior mm-hmm. um and ever since then it was either um She's closed the gap between us. The first time she competed at nationals, there was quite a gap between first and second. Um, and ever since then, she's been fighting, and we were able to stand on the podium together last year at Worlds. Um, and this year, um, I fell, so she beat me. Um, <laughs> at nationals, I, I came second for the first time at nationals my entire life. Um, so that was fun for me. Um, not quite at the moment, but it's it's a fun story now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, how is that, though, like having your biggest rival also like then switch to your teammates after like nationals? Um, it's kind of cool. It keeps the excitement up within Canada. You can see a lot of the younger ones coming up and risking more things. So mm-hmm. skating, especially ladies skating in Canada has definitely improved over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of ladies sports have improved. Like A lot of ladies sports. Um, but we've also been competing at higher levels, which has brought in younger generations wanting to do the same thing. They see us doing it, mm-hmm. so they know it's possible. Right. Um, but it's, a, it's definitely fun. When I first was senior, I had to look internationally and try to be at the top of my game internationally, but now I have that competition within Canada, so um, it keeps things more current, mm-hmm. um, keeps me on top of my toes a lot more. Right. 
is the funding for for figure skating is it adequate or is it behind like i have a good friend who's in bobsledding and she's just telling me how rough it is like for the girl bobsledders because it's just not funding for everyone there's such a limit in you know who can afford sleds and and who they'll provide sleds for yeah um i'm sure for bobsledding is probably a little bit harder than for figure skating but figure skating is definitely really expensive and until you've made national team or made development team you pretty much don't get any funding at all Mm -hmm. um so that what limits the amount of people that can actually make national team because you have to compete for many years to be able to make that i didn't reach um i don't think i started getting funding until i was 16 and at that point i was already competing internationally for two years um so it is just really expensive costumes are expensive skates are expensive um ice fees coaching fees um we pay for all of that ourselves Mm -hmm. um and so you get the funding it helps we get carding um we can get a couple grants uh sponsorships are really hard to get as figure skaters Mm -hmm. um so we that just because exposure like it's not one of the top exposed sports in canada um, which I don't know why, because we're really, we do a lot of competitions in a year yeah. and they're always televised, but we're limited to what we can advertise on our own bodies. We have oh, to wear okay. our competition dresses all the time. Yeah. Um, we have our national team gear that we have to wear. So it's a little bit harder that way. Um, but we do definitely get some funding, which helps. Um, and thankfully I've had amazing parents that... Support, yeah. (laughs) Shout out to mom and dad. (laughs) So that kind of brings me to like the family segment I wanted to talk to you about because you've lived like all across the country now Mm -hmm. at this point, pretty much. Grew up in Mary's Marystown, Newfoundland, town Mm -hmm. of fifty five hundred. If my research is correct, if 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 it's that much, if it's um, okay, it's gone down. Maybe it's probably close to around there. Who knows? Yeah, Um, but it's a it's a really small town um, in the middle of nowhere in Newfoundland. Um, as someone who's never been to the east coast of Canada and I'm really ashamed to admit that because I've been to other cool places in the world (laughs) tell me like describe to me what it's like out there it's just it's so it's a small town like everyone knows everyone Uh, there's not much around we had a rink that was open from October until March um, or April. It was open until April, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Which has now been renamed the Caitlin Osmond Arena. It, apparently, yeah, <laughs> uh, four years ago. So um, I actually get to skate there again this year, so that'll be fun. Um, Do you get free ice if your name's on the building? I would that? hope so. Sure, better. <laughs> um, I've skated there a few times and they usually give me free ice, so hopefully that continues. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been, it's like, I don't know. Um, we had a pool in the summer. We finally mm-hmm. have a new pool there now that's opened all year round, which is a, a big thing. That's a us. big deal. Do um, you still have family back there? I do have a lot of family back there. My brother, my grandparents, um, my sister had just moved back up to Edmonton mm-hmm. recently. Um, but aunts, uncles, they all live there. Still. So you're back there often? Uh, sadly, no. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not back all that often. I get back to St. John's a couple times a year, hopefully, um, but making the last couple-hour trip to Marystown, <laughs> usually I just get everyone to come to St. John's. I'm like, if I've flown eight hours, right. if I can drive three. Right. <laughs> it's funny. Someone ex- someone said this to me the other day, and I didn't realize it until they said it. They go, in Canada, we describe distances in hours, and like most other places don't do that, no. right? It'd be like, oh, it's it's 100 miles, or it's in Europe, it's a couple hundred kilometers. Us it's like that's two hours three hours five hours it's the easiest way to explain it i think well i think it's, it's so Canada, big here yeah, too right it's so big it's easier to fly to europe than it is to fly to 
Newfoundland half the time. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely easier to fly to Asia. Yeah, right? <laughs> Especially from Edmonton. Yeah. How do you, how did you fly there? Uh, usually we fly through Vancouver. Vancouver um, and then Vancouver directly to, to Seoul. Seoul. Yeah. Um, when I fly to Japan, I sometimes get a flight from Calgary. So mm-hmm. it's just quick and easy flight. Yeah, that's well, nice. Of 12 hours, but quick and easy. <laughs> quick. Well, it's <laughs> one, you're on the plane. Are you, do you read lots on the plane? Do you watch movies? Do you just pass out? Like, what, what kind of flyer are you? I'm really good at sleeping on a plane. Yeah, uh, nice. Especially if I have a window, I can, like, curl up and That's a, a superpower, I swear to God, um, sleeping on planes. Or, like, the tray table. Mm-hmm. If no, if they don't put the seat in front of me in a way, sit right. back. Because that's happened before when I was already asleep and I got stuck. Um, <laughs> but if it's uh, if everyone is nice and keeps their seat up, I can sleep on the tray table, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Um but I also read a lot. Um, I can probably finish an entire book on a plane sometimes. Yeah. What do you um, read? A bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, fiction. I like fiction. Fiction. A couple biographies I've read. Um, uh, I read Audrey Hepburn's biography, and Lily Collins was fun. Um, Who is Lily Collins? Should I know that? Should I be embarrassed that I don't know? Okay. Um, she play? She's not all that well-known. She has a couple movies out. Um, I, I quite like her. Apparently she looks a lot like me, which helps. Um. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's where it is. Yeah. <coughs> but and then non-fiction or fiction, what do you read? Are you are you like into the popular stuff? Like do you do the Harry Potters? Do you do, like the Game of Thrones books? Um, I did not do those. I'm a little embarrassed at how much vampires I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I've read some of the Harry Potters, but I saw the movies first, so kind of like right. I wanted to read the books, but I already knew everything, and I was like, I don't want to ruin the movies for me because I like the movies. <laughs> don't want to ruin <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I can see that. Um, but it's generally accepted, I think, in most cases that reading the book first, people like that more. Yeah, if I read the book first, then yeah. I'll watch the movie. But it's but different because you grew up with I've the movies But if I've already, already watched the movies, I'm not going to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the first movie came out like right as I was reading the last book or something, so it was perfect well, that's me. perfect yeah um i didn't start reading a lot until i was in like grade seven and that's when i started traveling more for skating too mm-hmm. um so that's the biggest reason why i got into books is because i was able to travel and read um that's before i had like an iphone when i could watch netflix on my phone um <laughs> but so i read a lot then so i like those movies were practically done by the time yeah yeah okay fair i'll, <laughs> I'll give you that so then age seven you moved to montreal is that right somewhere was, around there I think I had just turned nine. Eight oh. or, I was around eight or nine. Okay. And the way I understand it, and I could be completely wrong, but Quebec is like a hotbed for skating. Is that right? It's pretty strong. Yeah. Um, and it's continuously been strong. Mm-hmm. Um, at nationals between Ontario and Quebec, they're the top competitors mm-hmm. at nationals. Um, I moved there actually just because my sister, she was a pair skater. Yeah. And we used to go there in the summers to train with one of the coaches there, and then she found a partner in Montreal, so she moved off, and we just moved with her. <laughs> she was supposed to be the top skater. I was the tag along. No one cared about me. Right. Less pressure, though. More time to develop. I was Bambi on ice. No one even saw me coming. Yeah. <laughs> what point, how old were you when people took notice and were like, shit, she's, she's could have a future? <laughs> well, I've ar- it's funny to think of it now because I got one juvenile which is like the entry level at nationals um how old would you be at that i point? was 10 okay 
so I was I was young. They don't even have that level of nationals anymore. So like that doesn't mean anything. Um, it meant something to me. It meant something to me. I won it. <laughs> it was my first time at nationals. I was ten. I was fun. I was like I like this. Um, and I won it, which was exciting. And still, no one even thought of me much of a competitor then. And then I went to Canada Games. I came third. I, I was continuously on a podium. Mm-hmm. Um, all the time. I went to internationals at 14, except I only came 10 of those. Okay. Um, I didn't make the podiums then. <laughs> and everyone just laughed. It wasn't until I was 16 and hit an international stage and I won my first international that people were like, who is this person? Yeah. And I'm like, I've been around. It's just no one cared. <laughs> been here this whole time and no one's taking notice. No. But now they're, now they're noticing. So did that bug you? Or was that sort of, did that drive you a little bit more? Um, I don't think it bugged me and I think it kept my interest in skating. No one was pushing me to compete or compete well. I wasn't pressured into anything. I was just skating because I liked it and I competed because I was, because I could compete and that's what I did. I trained to compete. I didn't like the training side, so I might as well compete and enjoy it. Um, I still don't like the training side. The best way that my coach gets me to train is that he's like, if you train really well, you compete really well. So... You might Makes as well sense. train well. Makes <laughs> sense. Fair enough. So uh, your sister is obviously a huge impact on you wanting to skate. Did she did she coax you along or did she just kind of let you do your own thing? How, how she kind of just let me do my own thing. Yeah. How um, many years older is she? She's three years older than I am. Okay. Um, she was just finishing the can skate program when I said I wanted to be like her in skate. Um, and then I flew through the can skate program. <laughs> Because I wanted to be like my sister. Right. Um, and I think that's what kept me going for the majority of like my younger career was that I wanted to be like her. She was always a level ahead of me doing all these dribbles that I couldn't even think about doing. Um, when I tried, I would just fall flat on my face and like limbs everywhere. Um, and spam me on ice. I'm, I'm quite the klutz. Um, it doesn't help. <laughs> uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know it by watching you now. <laughs> So at what point did she, did you guys like admit to one another that like, okay, you've surpassed her? Was there ever that I, like I never nod? I admitted it. Um, she always had higher triples than me and she had quit singles for a year and went into dance because she was injured and she couldn't take the injuries anymore. And right. in that year that she took off from free skate, I caught up. Oh, okay. um, so then when she went back to free skate for a year, uh, she didn't make the full year because we competed against each other twice. And... I beat her at the first competition, but she admits she didn't skate very well. And at the second competition, um, she skated decently well, wasn't her best, but I decided to land a triple for the very first time in that competition, and she was not pleased about that. <laughs> um, and I, I beat her. Um, Did you know like that's what it was going to take to beat her? You're like, I have to do this? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably why I landed it. I was really good when I was younger to land brand new things in competition because I had the extra hype of the competition that would get me to finish that last bit of rotation mm-hmm. um now i have to tame that down a little bit because my hype will make me sometimes just jump over the board and fall flat on my face um <laughs> not that that's happened of course sorry no never <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah at that time she quit skating and she's like you do skating she's like you're a lot better at it um in my opinion in practice my sister was way better than i ever was um she could have been even better than I ever was, um, but injuries took a toll on her at a very, very young age. She was doing pairs at eight years old, mm-hmm. and that made her knees give out on her at an even younger age. Um, and the nerves. I enjoyed competing. She got really nervous at competing, and she couldn't deal with it. 
Yeah. People don't realize like to be a successful professional athlete, so much has to go right. Like you can do everything in your power, but there's outside forces. There's luck, you know, there's opportunity, there's injuries, there's just other people's injuries. Like so much can happen. And it's yeah. It's <laughs> hard road. It is a really hard road and coming from Newfoundland I definitely know that because everyone's always wondering why there's not more athletes from Newfoundland because it's a really athletic province. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in hockey or soccer or um, just participating in all these sports, but it's so hard to get off the island to participate in competitions outside of just our province that um, um, it's hard to stay at the top game or be right. and stay interested in your sport. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I was thankfully that I had parents that grew up in sports. Um, they wanted just my sister and I to be athletic. They didn't care about all the competitions and all the things, but they wanted us to be athletic. And they were willing to travel with us across Canada to be able to compete and train at different places. Right. They recognized the value of developing you as a person through sport. Yeah. What would you do if you weren't skating? If there's another I honestly sport? have no idea. Um, Is there another sport I mean, you would want to compete in? I've been skating since I was two, so yeah. I have no idea. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to take ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, now I just do ballet training for figure skating. Um, I tried cross country as a kid and I was good at that because I didn't want anyone to beat me. So I always just kept running. Um, I die at the end of the race yeah. because I didn't let any, I sprinted the cross country race. Oops. I didn't just pace myself. Um, That's one strategy. So I feel like I, I wouldn't have lasted very long in cross country if I kept up that attitude. Right. Um, watching the summer Olympics, I'm really interested in diving, but I don't think I would have the nerve for it. Right. There's a lot of flipping and water and no. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> scary. What would be worse, smacking the water from that height or f- smacking the ice from missing a jump? A water. Yeah, because you're like 10 meters up, right? You're 10 meters up. Water, I feel like from that height has no give. It's just as hard as ice is. And yeah. at least with ice, we have a bit of a momentum mm-hmm. that as long as the ice isn't too rough, when it's rough, it hurts because right. you fall and you just stick in one place. <laughs> um, but when it's slippery, the fall sometimes takes less impact. Mm-hmm. And I guess we learn how to fall younger, so you get used to it. What about e-gaming? Would you go into e-gaming? <laughs> You're a big Nintendo player. I do like my Nintendo playing. Yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty good Mario player. Um, Mario, like Mario Kart? Mario Kart, I'm, I'm pretty good. It's so funny that like <laughs> that like generate. I played Nintendo back in the day, right? And I'm not that old. I'm 29, but like <laughs> I played Super Nintendo, and then and then N64 was the big one. Oh yeah, I, I loved growing. my N64. So okay, so you played it too, right? I've been playing it since I grew, like growing up. So it's not just a nostalgia effect for me. Like that was. One of the most superior consoles of all time, correct? Yeah, the N64 yeah. is great. GoldenEye, Mario Kart, <laughs> Diddy I just Kong like racing. the Super Mario, like the Super Mario World stuff. Is, yeah. It's my game. Yeah, Super Mario 64. Yeah. Still, I have dreams of that still. I Dang, have dude. memories of walking home from kindergarten and my dad was like lying on his stomach playing it while I was at school. So I'm like, it, it runs in the family, I'm guessing. My mom's not too into it, but my dad is. <laughs> So what's uh, what's after Worlds for you and after Stars on Ice? Do you have any long-term plans? Travel, take a break? Or is Stars on Ice kind of... I taking a break. Is that sort of your break, Stars um, on Ice? Stars on Ice is my the beginning of my off-season. Mm-hmm. So an off-season of skating. Um, 
but I love shows, so it's fun. Uh, they're not as taxiing as what our regular training is. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice little break, and we get to tour the world for it. Um, I get to see Japan and Korea and all across Canada. I get to go back to Newfoundland for something, so it's fun. Um, after that, I am taking a vacation, mm-hmm. um, which I love because I leave my phone at home. I leave all technology home, yeah. um, and I just enjoy sun, the beach, a book. Where will you go? I haven't decided that yet. Somewhere warm, somewhere all inclusive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mexico is probably pretty high on that Mexico, list. Mexico, Dominican, mm-hmm. Cuba. Um, I've only pl- been on three vacations in my life, and they have been in Mexico <laughs> or Cuba. So I love those too. But what about like Spain or something? Somewhere different. Eventually, I want to. Yeah. Um, this year, I just want to go somewhere where I can curl up on a beach and hide out from the world. Um, yeah. And I find. Um, to Dominican and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you, like that. so you like that escape. Like, I like that escape. You get so much spotlight from skating all the time and, and media stuff and all that, and it's good to just get away and, and reset. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite times of the year just to get away from everything for a week. Mm-hmm. Just a week, that's it? And then a you're week, back to it? A week. Um, and then this year I'm taking a little bit longer of a break than I usually do. Usually I only get a week. Um, this year... I, I need a mental break <laughs> more than a phys- and a right. physical break. I need a lot of breaks. Yeah. Um, but I'll be taking a week off um, away, and then I'll come back and do like smaller things, and then take a couple more weeks of just choreography, no jumping, mm-hmm. and then I'll get back into the swing of things come July. Yeah, good. What are some What are some uh, common misconceptions or things that people commonly as- mistakenly assume about you or of figure skating? Um. One of the biggest things I find is that a lot of, just because we were talking about the off season, a lot of people assume that our off season literally means we take like three, four months off skating. Um, taking that long off of skating is not possible. <laughs> um, when I was younger, I think I used to take about three weeks, and even that was a hard thing to come back from. Um, it usually takes a few extra days, then a couple weeks to get back into your your shape that you're able to do everything on um then people also say like skating's easy it's not um they always say that we don't actually have to be that strong a lot of people think that i don't work out outside of skating Mm -hmm. but in reality i spend less time on the ice than i do off the ice training Mm -hmm. um and i do all sorts of training i do like cardio work and strength training um ballet yoga pilates um is that because you like variation or is that because it's generally accepted that like varying that training up is is the best method for you um varying it's good um they're all along the same lines of training um but they're just a different way of doing it but it keeps the body in the same type of body shape that's good for skating right um flexible but strong flexible but strong um muscular but lean um, because the heavier our, um, it's about eight times our body weight every time that we land a jump. Right. So because of the force and the, the force, the height, um, landing on a skinny blade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is what I wanted to ask you. Actually, I just remembered this. So I was reading your bio, and it's like Caitlin spins clockwise. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Counterclockwise. I didn't even think about that. So like skaters will always spin the same way. Yep. Um, and I'm an odd one. Not many people jump or spin the same way as Most I do. Most people would go counterclockwise. Most people go counterclockwise. Which way I would go? <laughs> Usually, if you just stand up and like just spin without thinking, 
that's one of the biggest things. Okay. Um, or the leg that you step up first with on a stair. Is the way you would go. Is the way you would jump. Yeah. So normally for me, I would lift my left leg to start walking mm-hmm. the stairs. Interesting. Oh, so that's, I see. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. And does that, so there's no points, there's no advantage to, to going either way though? Like like a like a jumper would go like switch, like a skier would like ride off backwards off a jump or yeah, something? Yeah, it means like that. nothing. No? Well, it's that's good. It's just a Makes personal it preference. Um, the way your body is meant to move um, instead of fighting it to only jump one way the same yeah. way as everyone else. Um, I know that there, there's sometimes I complain just because I can't complain and why not. Um, but being an opposite jumper, sometimes it looks odd on the ice. It doesn't look quite natural. Oh, okay. Um, and from a judge's perspective, um, some of our jumps are meant to be on certain edges. Mm-hmm. And if it looks odd to a judge, they'll sometimes rewatch it and be like, hmm, you are not on the right edge. But if another person who jumped the regular way, they were just so used to seeing it that they might not rewatch it. Right. Um, but that's just me because I can complain about it. <laughs> but I doubt it actually happens. Interesting. Okay, these are all cool little minutiae about the sport. I never would. It's a judge sport. You can, can complain about a lot of things and get away with it. Can they rewatch while they're judging, like while they're scoring you? Um, they have a replay? Or usually is it just at one competitions, show? there's about a minute, two minutes post competition, and they're allowed to pick certain elements that they're allowed to rewatch. Oh, okay. Um, usually you try to get them not to rewatch anything. Yeah. Um, make it good enough that they'll give you the points right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can rewatch sometimes the takeoff of a jump to make sure you're on the right edge. Um, make sure that you finish the rotation at the end of the jump um, on our step sequences, which is like our choreographed footwork stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they can make sure we're doing our turns properly, if we're making our body move the way it's supposed to move. There's right. a lot of rules. Is there any like is there any interactions with the judges outside of competition? Like, do you ever run into them? Do you know them, or is it very much like keep them separate? Um, I do run into them, but you don't usually talk about skating for right. like a professional reason. You don't want the. Is jokes. that awkward? Because um, like their lives and your lives pretty much revolve well, around. Like you skating. can talk about skating, but usually you don't like go into specifics about your own skating. Right. Um, but there are times of the year we have uh, a national camp at the beginning of every year where mm-hmm. you show your programs to the judges, um, just in a close setting. Uh, there's just you and the judges and um, everyone, and we do our. A simulation competition mm-hmm. and you'll get feedback from the judges to get their perspective oh, okay. what should we change should we just scrap the program completely because right. that actually happens yeah. um, Go. I went back to an old program this year even though the judges liked my one that I was training with this summer I felt more comfortable changing it mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of like the starting point of a season to see where you're going for the that, year that's going to be super valuable because sometimes you stressful. never know stressful <laughs> okay in my opinion it's the most stressful day of the year, um, and which I don't even know why, because it's not even that stressful. It's not a competition, mm-hmm. um, but you're in an atmosphere where there's no audience, so you don't have the audience's reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at the beginning of the year, so you're probably not in your best of shape ever. Um, you try to be at that point, but it definitely gets better after that point. Yeah, um, it's only natural. So it's it's stressful. And, and then you go and the judges are looking at you and it's just you and mm-hmm. you're talking to them afterwards and you're like, well, do you like me or not? <laughs> How has your outlook on the world and sort of life changed over the last year matured? You know, all the competitions and the Olympics, is there, is there anything, any groundbreaking uh, changes that have happened to you or, or you just continue on doing the same thing and, and keep doing it as long as you love it? Um, 
I do feel like I'm in the exact same person that I was when I was I can't speak. <laughs> um, I do feel like I was the same person I was when I was like 10 years old. Yeah. Literally skating for the fun of it. Um, definitely as I've gotten older, that has changed slightly. I still love to skate, but it's just become more stressful. I'm more worried about competitions and all that stuff. Um, the biggest change has been in the last four years um, between the last Olympics and this Olympics. Um, I was new to the world. I went to the Olympics not really knowing anything. Um, no one had any expectations. I literally went to Sochi and enjoyed the experience. Yeah. Tried to compete my best. Still only came 13th. Um, so it was just, it was fun and I felt super naive. I was mm -hmm. just loving being there and enjoying the atmosphere. Um, after that, I broke my leg, took a full year off. Um, got back into the competing world, was doing perfect in practice, and would go to competition and just fall on everything. Oh, no. um, Is that just the mental side of things? Mental side of things. Apparently taking a year off when you're 18 is like the worst time ever to take a year off because you're changing a lot at 18. Right, your <laughs> body's different. Mental aspects changes a lot. Yeah. Um, I had to relearn how to skate, and then I had to relearn how to compete, and it was super Insane. just like, I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And then next year, it's like everything clicked back together and I was able to compete better than I've ever competed in my life. I was starting to win competitions again, which is something that I hadn't done in a number of years. Um, so I got over that hurdle and then I just felt so much more mature. I felt like I had more of a story to tell on the ice. Right. Um, I started going into competitions as one of the favorites to not even medal, but to win it. Um, and this Olympics, I went in as one of the strongest medal contenders. Um, so it just, it was a completely different side of things. I felt stronger, I felt right. better as a person. Um, I knew more people around the village, so I was more comfortable talking to people. Yeah. Uh, the, in Soji, I slept for three weeks. I just went in my room and hid out. Um, this time I actually ventured outside of my room. Mm. Huge difference between being 18 and 22, right? It's like, a big difference. Like you're, you're, you think you know everything at 18, and you still think you know everything at 22, but you realize there's a few things that I don't know, and that gets more and more. Yeah, you, you always know that you think you know everything, and yeah. then you think about it like four years ago, and I'm like, wow, I was kind of an idiot. Oh well, move on. <laughs> <laughs> I know everything now. <laughs> so is Edmonton home for you? Like, do you, do you consider this this? Well, you live in Sherwood Park, but from no, Edmonton. I live in Edmonton. Oh, okay. Yeah. But do you consider Edmonton home? Like, is this where you're going to spend your life, or or is that still a big question mark? Who knows? Yeah. Um, I like traveling. I like living in new places. Um, I love being in Edmonton. It's super chill in my opinion yeah. it's so calm um i can get everywhere quickly uh, i live right on the highway pretty much so it's mm -hmm. easy to get anywhere um as long as you have a car i do have a car so it's great <laughs> um and i just i like the community i have great friends here mm -hmm. um and everything but i also have friends in other places of canada uh, other places of the world i couldn't imagine living in other in another country i like living in canada um but I've been able to call Newfoundland home. I've been able to call Montreal home. Mm -hmm. I've been able to call here home. And once I'm done skating, I think I'd want to travel and try to live somewhere else to see if that, I could find that place home. But um, for now, and for as long as I'm skating, I'll be staying in Edmonton. Good. Well, we're happy to have you. Thanks so much for uh, for joining me today. I know you're super busy. 
and uh, best of luck at Worlds and enjoy Italy and <laughs> Stars on Ice. Are you coming through Edmonton with Stars on Ice? Yeah, we'll be here on May 13th. May 13th. Don't miss it, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I feel really just honored to have had the chance to speak with Caitlin, um, totally representing Canada in the best way possible out there on the national stage. Uh, thanks to Caitlin especially, and also her two medals for joining me today. It was a great chat. We'll see you guys next week.